You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. The Sacramento Kings cannot lose. No, really. They cannot lose. They lose one more game. They are done. They are out of the play-in. But the San Antonio Spurs are giving us hope with their loss last night, with their difficult schedule to finish the regular season. It is possible, barely, but it is possible that the Kings can win out, win these final three games, including back-to-back games in Memphis against the Grizzlies, and make it to the play-in. Now, to me, that doesn't count as them ending their playoff drought, but it would feel pretty good to salvage that out of this crazy up-and-down season. On today's Locked On Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by Sean Coleman, host of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. We will preview tonight's game, talk about who the Grizzlies would rather face in that first play-in game, assuming they stay in the ninth spot, San Antonio or Sacramento, and we'll look forward to this offseason, talk about the Grizzlies and Kings as potential trade partners. It's all here for you on today's Locked On Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. Sean Coleman is one of my favorite hosts here on the Locked On Podcast Network to talk to. Very knowledgeable, just an easy guy to, to like and to talk basketball with, and you're going to understand that in today's conversation. A lot of great stuff. Excellent perspective on the Memphis Grizzlies. Sean will say what the Kings need to do in order to actually be victorious in this game. He'll give us an idea of what the Memphis Grizzlies have to play for. Obviously, the Kings are desperate. Their backs are against the wall. They're going to play for their playoff lives, really. But the Memphis Grizzlies, they have something significant to play for as well tonight. Sean will touch on that. I think you're going to be interested by the end of our conversation where we talk about if there's any interest in Memphis for Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, or Marvin Bagley. I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm excited for you to hear our conversation, so I'm going to get out of the way. Here he is, Sean Coleman of Locked On Grizzlies. It is basically win or go home for the Sacramento Kings in these final three regular season games, and the next two are in Memphis against the Grizzlies, two games that were supposed to be played Long ago, towards the beginning of this season, they were then postponed. Now they're being played here at the end, and it turns out they are incredibly meaningful. Joining me right now is the host of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, personally one of my favorite hosts on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Sean Coleman. Nice enough to join me here to preview these couple of games and talk a little bit about Memphis Grizzlies basketball, which, to be completely honest with you, Sean, we've heard very little about here in Sacramento so I actually wanted to start there and and thank you so much for joining me the Grizzlies are three games over 500 
So it's not like they're a a bottom feeder team. They're certainly not nearly as bad as the Sacramento Kings have been at times this season. Three games over 500 in the West, that's very respectable. And yet I've heard almost nothing about them this season. I heard more about the New Orleans Pelicans who are just eliminated from playoff contention than I have the Memphis Grizzlies. Why do you think that is, and is that accurate, I guess? Is that just the Sacramento perspective missing out, or are the Memphis Grizzlies as under the radar as they seem? Well, and first off, thank you for having me, Matt, and the kind words. I mean, in general, I think they're pretty on radar from what a lot of people have talked about. A lot of people have been impressed. But a lot of people have talked about the Grizzlies succeeding despite the fact that the reasons why you're probably not hearing them being present. And what I mean by that is, is that why a lot of, you know, places may not have heard much about them this year is unlike the Pelicans, the solid play for the Grizzlies and the star power for the Grizzlies have, has been what is lacking this season. So a couple of things that come into play is the way you, why you may not have heard the Grizzlies talked about that much is number one, their stars. Obviously that starts with John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. For John Morant, he really hasn't taken the statistical leap like you saw other players like Trey Young, Luka Doncic, Zion this year, for instance, take. You thought that Ja would be on their level after his rookie year. He hasn't taken that statistical leap. He's taken a leap in ways that aren't measured in the box score, but it's not until recently where he's really stepped up his game. So that's one reason why. The other reason why Jaron Jackson Jr. has been out this year until recently, and he's probably not going to be able to get to the level that he was playing at before he got injured in the bubble. So the lack of, you know, star powers progressing may be one reason why you've not heard much of the Grizzlies. The other reason why is that their style of play, it's a defense, it's a team defense oriented creating points off turnovers, letting defense turn into offense, producing in the paint type play. Yes, we're known for highlight plays with job, but beyond that, there's not a ton of highlight plays. We're not that good from three. We're not, and again, we don't have just a true star outside of our two young 21-year-olds. So a lack of star power this year really continuing to blossom, as well as the style of play for Memphis, I think is a reason why you kind of could see them being under the radar. Memphis just can't quite get rid uh, get rid of that grit and grind style of play, can they, Sean? It's just part of them, right? It is to an extent. And there's a lot of similarities in the fact that, um, you know, our coach Taylor Jenkins um, immediately found out that the strength of his guards, a lot with the floater game, getting to the rim, so on and so forth, and the strength of his front court was producing in the paint. And from there, that creates opportunities, hopefully, on the outside. So there are some similarities. There's that inside play, starting inside and going out on offense. And then this year, it's been the fact that the Grizzlies, who I believe now have the sixth best defensive rating in the NBA this season, they've mixed in that top 10 defense as well. So that is where the similarities certainly are. However, there is also dynamics to this team that do give it hopefully more excitement going forward than the grit grind era did. Obviously, we never had natural talents like Jaw and Jaron, but also the shooting that has emerged this year with players such as Grayson Allen, DeAnthony Melton, Desmond Bain. Those are elements of it. So, yes, it is similar to grit and grind, but it's a more evolved into today's game type or version of grit and grind um, and, and that's what we're excited about going forward the addition of the play-in tournament has has kept more teams involved teams like sacramento san antonio new orleans who probably would have packed up a long time ago but the grizzlies in this situation if i mean three games over 500 to be in the ninth seed 
under normal circumstances, they'd be half a game back of the Golden State Warriors just trying to make it into the playoffs. Now with the play-in, it's it's secured that they will be playing at least one play-in game, hopefully two. Is this a disappointing year for Memphis in your mind, or is this an expected year for Memphis? I, I, I'm like, I, just speaking from personal experience, I would almost kill for the Kings to be in the position that Memphis is, and that's how low the bar is here in Sacramento. But to be three games over 500 and still not be in one of those top eight legitimate playoff seeds, that's that's pretty interesting. It is a bit of a disappointment if you look at it kind of in the recent scope of things because we're the Grizzlies are right now in the ninth seed. They're basically going to, with, with the win tonight against the Kings, basically the, the last regular season game between the Warriors and the Grizzlies are basically going to be a pseudo-playing game, a default playing game for the eighth and ninth spot. And why it's a bit disappointing is because the Grizzlies have dropped games against a undermanned Clippers team, Pistons, Magic. The Grizzlies could be in such a better position to be in the eighth spot, but that's what a young team does. But when you put it out in the grand scheme of things, this has certainly been a successful year. We came into this year already basically playing with house money because of our success last year. We don't make the playoffs. We get a better draft pick for our future. We do make the playoffs. It's great experience for our young core. And this year also with some of our star players being out, it's been the development of our roster up and down and creating the identity of being an above average defensive team. So I think it certainly has been a successful year, though in the past recent weeks, it could been a lot better than it is now overall that doesn't change the grand scope of things that being the second year of a rebuild the development and progression of this team has certainly been encouraging and fun to see today's episode of the locked on kings podcast is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes like fiat kia and models pacifica xt5 it is now impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I don't even know what that means. And why wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. You can get the exact parts that you need at the click of a button. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com I think what frustrates a lot of Sacramento Kings fans is the fact that the Memphis Grizzlies have kind of leapfrogged Sacramento in terms of their rebuild, right? John Morant uh, came to town after De'Aaron Fox. Jaron Jackson Jr. was uh, there before Jaw was, but suddenly the Grizzlies are a better team than the Kings, in my mind, are, are 
projecting and trajectorying the right way uh, compared to Sacramento right now. And the Kings, of course, are, are trying to turn that around and turn that around quickly as early as next season. But you kind of just answered my next question there in that last answer, Sean, which is how much do the Grizzlies have to play for tonight? Because like I said in the intro, for Sacramento, it's win or go home. They lose one more game. That's it. They're done. And with San Antonio losing last night, the window is still just cracked open. The Kings have to win out and San Antonio has to lose out. And looking at San Antonio's schedule, it's not impossible to imagine that they will lose out. But like you said, Memphis is trying to catch uh, Golden State. That final game between those two teams is going to be super meaningful. So how focused do you expect the Memphis Grizzlies to be in comparison to a very desperate Sacramento Kings team tonight? Well, I think they're going to be extremely focused because at the end of the day, the source that wants to playoffs more than anyone, even though the franchise itself says it's focused on the future, this roster badly wants to make the playoffs after being so close in the playing game last year and not making it. So they're going to be extremely focused because if we win tonight, that means tomorrow night we likely can rest our players because we played a very condensed schedule, like you mentioned, due to uh, a pause in the se- earlier in the season due to uh, COVID, you know, impacting the Grizzlies. But winning tonight allows for us to rest tomorrow night. And it also means that we're going to have a chance at the eighth seed on Sunday. And there's a bit more involved with it with the Grizzlies because with the Grizzlies getting the eighth seed, that's going to require us to travel a lot less than if we land the ninth seed. So obviously you get better odds if you get the eighth seed, but for the Grizzlies, it means significantly less travel as well. So I really do feel to put themselves in the best position possible, the Grizzlies are going to be all in on making sure they get the job done tonight. And Sean, I don't think enough people talk about how significant of an advantage it is for the seven and eight teams in this play-in scenario versus the nine and the 10. To be the seven and eight team and only have to win once to get in and you have to basically lose twice to be knocked out versus if you're in the ninth or 10th spot, you lose once, you're done. That's pretty significant. And I'm surprised I don't hear more people talking about that now as we approach, especially for the Grizzlies to be in a situation where they're half a game back of basically picking up a a game safety net. Agreed. And that's the thing that I talked about on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast today. I talked about the fact that getting that eight seed is just going to be so much incredibly better for this Grizzlies team. And I also talked about how, just to be honest, I would much rather see the Lakers win out with the, with the uh, Mavericks and the um, uh, Trailblazers losing their next few games, because I'd much rather face have to go through like a Golden State and a Dallas mm-hmm. or a Golden State and a um, uh, San Antonio and Portland, or whatever it may be, than have to play the Lakers. But yes, you basically, if you get that seventh or eighth seed, you've got to win one game versus if you're the ninth or tenth seed, you have to win two. And it makes a ton of difference, especially when we're in a season that's shorter than most seasons and everybody is fatigued, and especially for a Grizzlies team who Fatigue impacts them more than it does other teams because the Grizzlies find their advantages through through areas of the game that require hustle, energy, and effort. The more games this Grizzlies team has to play, the less and less they're going to be able to tap into those sources, and they're going to be playing against better teams going forward. So especially for Memphis, the less games we play, the better off we are. You talked a little bit earlier about the style of play of the Memphis Grizzlies. You touched on it a little bit there, too, but talking about attacking and scoring and being aggressive in the paint on the inside, and that's one of the major weaknesses defensively for the Kings is giving up a lot of points in the paint. They are naturally undersized, and I'm sure, as you're aware, Sean, this roster is is depleted right now with injuries, at least to their main guys. No Fox, no Halliburton, uh, no Harrison Barnes, no Marvin Bagley. Uh, those are four of the five closing or pieces of the closing line 
lineup earlier this season that had a, a significant amount of success. But I'm going to ask you to play double agent a little bit here for me. What in your mind do the Sacramento Kings have to do, even with those injuries tonight, to be successful against Memphis? Shoot the three. And that's the thing that comes down to it when it comes to the Grizzlies is that before their game against the Mavericks on Tuesday, and when the Grizzlies were out without Jonas and Jaron, they were forced to play a game where their perimeter had to produce to win. But coming into that game, the Grizzlies were 22nd def- uh, over their pa- previous 10 games defending the three and 29th shooting the three. The Sacramento Kings have been a top 10 team shooting the three over their past 10 games. So tonight, it's going to come down to how well the Grizzlies defend the three and how effectively they can play off their production in the paint to shoot the three. If Sacramento can in any way, shape, or form for us from being able to get shots in the paint and then can find success themselves shooting the three, that's what worries me a bit because our ability to shoot and defend the three has been down a bit. And without Grayson Allen in the mix, that makes it to where we have less sources to shoot it as well if it gets into a real shootout from beyond the arc. So I think the Grizzlies will put a big focus on defending the three well. But if Sacramento is able to find a way to shoot the three as they've been able to do despite being down several good talents, that's what I think presents Memphis problems tonight. Yeah, that gives the Kings and Kings fans a little bit of hope then because, of course, you know Buddy Heald's going to chuck them up. Uh, Terrence Davis has been shooting the ball well from three-point range. The Sacramento Kings team, they are not afraid to let it fly from three-point range. Now, they're very hit or miss. There can be nights where they're on. They had, I think they tied their season high of 19 three-pointers the other night, or they can have nights where they, they take 40 of them but only hit like 10 or 11. Uh, So we'll have to see how the Sacramento Kings do with that. Uh, Sean, I'm really curious about the answer to this question. Uh, And maybe this will change after these two games between the Kings and the Grizzlies. But right now in your mind, as let's say the Grizzlies stay in that ninth spot. They unfortunately don't catch the Golden State Warriors. They're looking at playing their first of their playing games either against the Spurs or the Sacramento Kings if the Kings can catch the Spurs. Out of those two teams, who would the Spurs rather face in your mind? It, well, in terms of the Grizzlies, I really do think it's the Kings. And it's not the, and for Latin, the reason why it's the personnel. Mm-hmm. If Halliburton is out, if Fox is limited, if Barnes is limited, I would much rather face the Kings than the Spurs. Number one, the Grizzlies have had a bit more success against the Kings recently. They haven't had it like over the past 12 to 24 months, but over this year and things such as that, they've had some success against the Kings. The other reason why is because there is less um, knowledge. The the Kings are going to know our personnel less than the Spurs will. And also just in general, when it comes to talent, because of who the Spurs have available versus who the Kings have available, I would take the Kings as the team that I would prefer to play right now. Sean, don't worry. You didn't offend anybody in Sacramento. In fact, I think most of us would agree with you uh, with with that uh, that that idea there. But uh, what's also interesting and what we're curious about, hopefully the Kings put uh, themselves in a position for this to be answered. But so De'Aaron Fox has been out because he unfortunately came down with COVID. And we've seen the significant effect that that's had on players beyond just the couple of weeks that they have to be out due to health and safety protocols. You talk about what Jason Tatum has dealt with, um, with the, the Boston Celtics. I mean, even Buddy Heald got COVID in Sacramento before the bubble, and he was not the same at all during the Orlando bubble time. But if the Kings somehow scratch and claw their way into this play in tournament, catch the Spurs and win out, it might be interesting to see if they would say, Hey, 
Fox, are you good to give it a go here in these winner go home games? But at the same time, too, I also wonder, and maybe I wonder where your philosophy is with this. If the the, the script were flipped, and let's say John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. were out, but the rest of that team, those those guys that you didn't necessarily expect to take over, were able to get this team to those play-in games. Would you continue to ride it out with them, or would you try and force your your big guys to get back out there if they could play? So basically, if it came down to if I was in the ninth spot or the, if I was looking to go for the 10th spot and it was this season as it is, and obviously the Grizzlies focus is the future. I would not force them to play. Cause again, at the end of the day, you're looking at forcing them back to perhaps play one more game or then get to the playoffs. If it, you know, but not by a miracle, but they would overcome odds to get to the playoffs and then they would play four or five more games and probably get swept. That's one outcome, but you force them back. So you put them at a chance to where it, there's a heightened risk of injury. Or if you don't force them back, you let the team play well as it's done without them. Yeah. And you're in a situation where if you don't wind up making it, you get better, you get a better shot in a draft pick that adds more value to the future that's already the focus. I would go with the option of just letting it naturally play out. Don't force them back if they're ready to go. And if they say they're ready to go, let them play. But don't force them to come back for success this year when in actuality, it probably is better for you to get as good of a draft pick as possible going forward. That's been my stance this whole year for the Grizzlies. I personally want as best a draft pick as possible for our future. But because the roster and our coaching staff so badly wants to make the playoffs, I feel the best outcome is what the team wants, what they work so hard to earn. And so that's why I'm hoping that we do wind up getting in the playoffs in the end. But I'll be perfectly fine if we wind up missing the playoffs because that just means a better draft pick for a competent front office to use. Yeah, you also have to think about, too, what kind of message does that send to the players that did all the hard work to win, at least in this case, six of the last seven. It would have been it would end up being nine of the last ten games in order to actually make the play-in tournament. What kind of message does it send to them that after they do all the hard work, they get moved back to the bench so that the stars can come in and, and have their, uh, their name in the lights during these nationally televised play-in games? That's something you have to pay attention to. Also, before we continue, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked on Podcast Network. And tonight, the Sacramento Kings are pretty significant underdogs against Memphis plus eight in this game. Bet Online seems to think that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to pull this one out. I personally don't blame them, although I think it'll be closer than that. I think I would take the Kings plus eight tonight. Not because I think the Kings are going to win necessarily, but I think this game is going to come down to a handful of points. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. With baseball season in full swing, you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and NFL and all your UFC MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Sean, before we wrap up, I actually want to fast forward through the playoffs and into this offseason. This offseason is going to be incredibly important for the Sacramento Kings. They have expectations to be firmly in the playoff picture as early as next season. If they're going to do that, they have to make some significant moves or they have to do something. Uh, There are some in Sacramento that believe, hey, you could try and run this team back now that they're playing well. Hopefully they can stay healthy and give it one more shot. I'm a bit skeptical with that approach. I don't know how important this offseason is going to be for Memphis, but I assume they want to continue the momentum so that they're not fighting for the lower seeds in the West, that they're in the middle of the pack uh, in those those playoff seedings uh, when next year is done. So let me ask you this. There are two names in Sacramento. I'll, I'll include a third. Um, three names in Sacramento that are going to be interesting to follow and pay attention to this offseason with what the Sacramento Kings decide to do with them. I'm going to say Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, and Marvin Bagley. Do any of those three names entice you at all for joining the Memphis Grizzlies? Do you think they could potentially be a good fit for the Grizzlies where the Kings and Grizzlies could communicate somehow, work out a trade, some kind of deal or something to get one of those three players in Memphis? Do you think there would be any interest there? Yeah, I certainly do. And the reason why I say that is because I think that there is a good match between the Kings and the Grizzlies in terms of the fact that from the Kings side of things, they have... The offense is where they have the higher upside between offense and defense for their future. And for the Kings roster itself, it may be better to turn a Barnes or a Heald into, instead of having one quality player, two. Whereas the Grizzlies have a great depth and their identity is on defense, but we really could use another shooter to help balance out the offense as well as consolidate a few pieces into one. So me and you, Matt, have discussed before the idea of a Buddy Heald trade. Mm-hmm. I know that Memphis would probably find a lot of good use in a Harrison Barnes-type player. You know, from Memphis, that could involve like a Kyle Anderson, a Dylan Brooks, Grayson Allen, Justice Winslow, maybe a pick. Some combination of that going to the Kings for a Heald or for a Barnes. Now, Marvin Bagley, I'm not necessarily that much interested in him because I don't know how much he helps the Grizzlies. I don't know if we would be able to play him in a role that would take full advantage of what he can offer, though I do think that we could do a lot of good with him. But especially for Heald and Barnes, I think that Sacramento trading one of those players as balancing out Memphis's offense for a few of the players that I had mentioned that could be good two-way options for the Kings and help out their defense, I think that that's a very good opportunity, especially Barnes. I wouldn't be surprised that there would be discussions this offseason. I think there's a lot of layers of sense that come down to a trade between Memphis and Sacramento that if one is made could actually improve both teams in the long run and help them maintain their goal of increasing their likelihood of being in the actual playoffs instead of the playing game both next year and going forward. Do the contracts of Heald and Barnes scare you, or do you think that scare the Grizzlies at all? Buddy Heald being owed $22 million next year, Harrison Barnes being owed $20 million next year. Now, both of their contracts are declining, going down a couple million each year. Does that concern you at all, or, or do you think Memphis would gladly absorb that money into their cap space for the expected immediate return? Yeah, so I think that Memphis would make it work as far as the contract goes. I believe that Heald has three years after this year, and Barnes has two. I may be wrong. Correct, you're correct. But I do think that Memphis could certainly make it work because we've got Valanciunas, Anderson, Winslow, Grayson Allen, uh, a few others whose contracts we may be able to have 50 to 60 million coming off the books 
going into the 2022 offseason. So if the Grizzlies perhaps can take an expiring contract, a pick, and a young player and turn that into a Heald or a Barnes that we can have on a manageable contract going for the next two or three years, certainly I think it would make sense. I don't necessarily know what the Grizzlies' thoughts are. I don't think a Barnes or a Heald are the type of person that you are the type of player that you add to Jaw and Jaron that immediately make the Grizzlies knock on the door of the top four in the West. But do I think that it's a move that this Grizzlies team can make in order? Order to, to transition to becoming a sustainable winner? Sure. And I think especially in Barnes' case, being able to pay him the 20 million next year plus the 20 million, you know, in the 2022-2023 season, that makes some sense. So I don't necessarily think that they're going to be gung-ho to do it, but I do definitely think there are situations where the Grizzlies could find it making more sense to bring a Barnes or a Heald in and be able to pay them at a good you know, amount per year, potentially at a discount in the Grizzlies system, pay them for a few years instead of keeping around all these good pieces, but maybe pieces that aren't on the level of a Hilder Barnes. So I think that, yes, they can, there's plenty of ways the Grizzlies can make sense of bringing Barnes and Hild in on their contracts over the next few years. That is Sean Coleman, host of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. I told you he's one of my favorite hosts here on the Locked On Podcast Network for a reason. Very knowledgeable. Sean, I look forward to these couple of games between the Kings and the Grizzlies. Hopefully the Kings win tonight to make the second one a little bit more interesting. But I understand from your perspective, you'd rather they just put them to bed and, and get it over with right away. Maybe it'd be good just to put uh, uh, just one shot and they're done type thing. Put us out of our misery and end the uh, maybe false hope here in Sacramento. But my friend, you're you're very generous with your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. I look forward to doing it again soon. It's a pleasure. Regardless of what happens, best of luck to y'all and the, and the Kings fans and the Kings roster the rest of this season and beyond, Matt. It was a pleasure. The pleasure was all mine. That was Sean Coleman from the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, and I'm for sure going to get back with him this offseason to see if the Kings and Grizzlies really can be good trade partners and work out some sort of deal. Boy, it would be nice for the Kings to offload the contract of Buddy Heald or maybe even Harrison Barnes to Memphis and get some solid contributors in return. This Memphis Grizzlies team is deep. They have some solid two-way players like Sean explained that there, maybe some of those players could join this Kings roster and help them out immediately. So we'll have to wait and see for that. These two games tonight and tomorrow night are huge for Sacramento, of course. And like I said there at the end, hopefully the Kings win tonight to make the second game a little more meaningful. But also like Sean described, the Grizzlies are trying to catch the Warriors in that eighth spot. And that eighth spot is a ton more valuable than the ninth spot is. So the Grizzlies are going to be going all out for it tonight it's going to be a tough task for the kings to be victorious we'll see what they do i look forward to chatting about it a win or a loss regardless tomorrow on the locked on kings podcast i hope you enjoy the game tonight i hope you enjoyed today's conversation if you want to respond to anything we talked about please do so at matt george radio on twitter you can email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com you can also find sean on twitter at stats sac look him up follow him there if you ever have any questions about the memphis grizzlies listen to the locked on grizzlies podcast sean is your guy he'll have all the information for for you there. Enjoy the game tonight. I look forward to chatting with you tomorrow. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.